0: Hey everybody, it's uh, Joel from the Board Game Mechanics, and um, I'm here with Jason. Hi everybody, how you doing? Hey guys, what's going on? Jason and I are just a little down, because this week we didn't get added at by Speedway or Phillips 66 (laughs) or 7-Eleven or Sheet stores (laughs) or anything like that, so we're just a little sad, a little disappointed.
1: Starting to feel a little bit like Eeyore.
0: (laughs) Uh, it was kind of cool getting added by Speedway, but uh, we didn't expect. I mean, every, every week can't be the week of August twenty something where you get added at by Speedway. That's that's like a monumental life moment there. So
1: yeah, um, we we'll just have to try harder, I guess.
0: Yeah. Hey, do you guys have Doc Ricker's stores? By you have what? Doc Ricker's stores. Uh, I've
1: never heard of it, so I'm
0: saying no. It's a gas station chain in Indiana. And they have some really awesome fountain drinks. I'm just going to tell you right now.
1: (laughs) Do they taste like fried bologna?
0: (laughs) No, or hot dog water. Neither one. They're really good. They're just solid, good drinks. So I'm going to tell you right now, Doc Rickers is where it's at. And they're actually small enough. Maybe we'll get that lifetime fountain drink card.
1: That'd be awesome. Yeah, I would love that.
0: We get that you can't give lifetime fountain drink cards to every multi-hundred person media empire. With its hundreds of people that it influences. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Speedway's probably never been shouted out in a board game podcast before, I bet.
0: Uh, you know what? That's, I, I wish I could say that was probably the first time we've done something that <laughs> made us unique and different than the rest of the board gaming podcasts out there. Yeah. But w- I think we probably do a lot of unorthodox things, if I had to guess. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> well, I uh, usually try and start off with a zany, weird story here in the top. But I have a pretty good one for when we talk about what we played. So I'll just let it go. (laughs) All right. And I guess we'll just cut to the news now. All
1: right. So let's get talking about some news here. Um, The first thing I wanted to talk about is Queen has a new Kickstarter because they like to do Kickstarters for games that they feel they need to kickstart. And the three new games are Franchise. Bastille, and Skylands. And they're all slated for actual Essen release. So I think if you kickstart it, you'll get yours before Essen.
0: That's crazy quick turnaround.
1: Yeah, it, it really is. So that probably means they already have them done. They're just trying to get some pre-orders out. That's my guess.
0: That could be at full MSRP, factory direct.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure all these games will be 70 bucks because that's how they like to roll. So I'll just wait about four or five months and get them for $15 because that's also right. how they like to roll.
0: <laughs> right like i was thinking the same thing i was like this is because they have somebody who's terrible at forecasting demand <laughs> and that's why they yeah. sell like every one of their games for like 12 bucks on amazon in like a month
1: yeah it's terrible i mean it's good for us and for board gamers but i don't know how it's good for them at all but
0: whatever right no i i totally get it for sure <laughs>
1: yeah um so yeah that i just want to talk about that um the only one of those that seems interesting to me is franchise it's kind of like an economic route building sort of where you're trying to grow franchise franchises around the country and you're trying to get in big cities and small cities you're going to make more money if you're in big cities. So kind of Ticket to Ride meets like an economic game. So I thought that one was kind of cool.
0: Yeah, I I'll take your word for it. Um Queen makes some pretty good games most of the time really. So I I don't doubt it. Yeah. Uh, the next game I was going to
1: talk about is called Grimoire by Octopus Games. It's on Kickstarter as we're recording. I think it has like 10 or so days. So after the podcast is published, you should still be able to go back it if you're interested. It's one, It's another one of those two-player Stratego-esque games where each player has like a side of enemies or of, of army So the card in front is going to attack the card in front for the other player, kind of like Hera and Zeus or Thunder and Lightning-esque. But if you're into that, it has really cool artwork, and it seems like a pretty cool game, and it's got a pretty decent price point. I think like 25 bucks or so.
0: Yeah, uh, I saw this one too. I saw a screenshot of it where someone was excited about it, and I was like, I don't think it's for me, but people were pumped, so I get it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it looks really cool, if nothing else, so there is that.
0: Yeah. Well, Jason, I actually have one that I promised I would share on our podcast too. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, it's it's not our typical game that we share, but it's called Oopsie Poopsie. And it's a five-year-old girl designed this game. That's awesome. And it's it's on Kickstarter right now. And basically it's she designed it in an afternoon on post-it notes and then her dad's helping her publish it. This is one of these games that um so like the internet used to be a like cold, sterile place, and now it's the most warm and inviting place in the world. But um that's <laughs> certainly not true. Yeah. <laughs> but uh back when the internet was a little younger, you didn't have like six different Facebook groups for everything. And so people had to find forums and so early adapters to being social on networks. Um, would go to like a forum for, you know, Christian moms or whatever. And I think my, my wife met this, this girl's mom on a forum somewhere years ago and they became friends. So, um, it's a friend of my, it's a friend of my wife's daughter that made the game. So kind of cool. Um, and I think we had the exclusive on this one. Cause I'm not sure that it's, I don't think they're really board gamers. I don't think they've got a heavy beat on how to promote this stuff, but it's a cute little game. It's, you can tell it's definitely what Kickstarter was intended for. Like it's, they have a working prototype. They've done some like homemade art and just, just a real, like, I mean, it's, it's a cool game for a five-year-old to have made for sure. And if she keeps making games, she's going to have a bright future ahead of her in making games And the basic gameplay is that you're trying to get dogs into your lawn, but people are trying to like lure your dogs away with like bones and different toys and stuff to try and like get them to, you know, like abandon you or whatever. So if you get five dogs in your lawn, you win. It seems like a pretty simple little cute game. Um, and the fact that it's done by a five-year-old, I mean, like, that tells you that it's going to be pretty simple, but the fact that she made a functioning game is pretty awesome in itself. So, oopsie poopsie. Still on Kickstarter, I think, for at least another 10 days when this comes out.
1: Yeah, I saw your wife post about that, and it seemed kind of interesting. And I didn't realize that whoever designed it was five five years old. That's really awesome. (music) All right, so again, to one of my favorite parts of the show, and that's the games that we got to play because... We have a a podcast about board games because we love to play games. So the first one I want to talk about is from Mattel, which is kind of weird. But I think it came out at Gen Con and now it's available at Target and it's called Spirits of the Wild. This is a little two-player game where you're drawing these little stones out of a bag and they go into this bowl. And each player has five cards and they're going to take an action on the card to either take stones and put it on their board or take stones from the bag and put it in the bowl When you flip a card, you can't use it anymore until you refresh. There's like these little like spirit animal cards that they're like a special power that you can use after you've spent three of your own cards. And there's four different sections on the board where you're trying to get a full house of stones. You're trying to collect six of the same color stones. You're trying to collect five different stones and you're trying to collect three pair. So you're going to get points for that for all those sections. But if you can get a special spirit stone... And you can put it in the section with that. It's going to double your score. So you're trying to get the the highest score you can get without the spirit stone. Then throw a spirit stone in there to get a pile of points. And it's also kind of push your luck. Because once there's five spirit stones out. Either on players boards or in the bowl. The game's over. So you're trying to to weigh. You know should I get more stones in the bowl? Should I just risk it and use what's out there. So I don't hurry up and end the game. And I don't get any points. But yeah it's it's a fun game. And I definitely want to play it some more.
0: Huh. So it's, I mean, essentially, basically an abstract, but sounds like a pretty clean one.
1: Yeah, it's super smooth. It kind of plays like, I don't know if you've played Institute of Magical Arts by uh, Dr. Finn, but it kind of has a similar feel to that, which I really dig as well. And that's also a two player. So I'm pretty into those games.
0: So Spirit of the Wild, not by Dr. Finn, but still good. Yeah, it feels like a Dr. Finn, maybe. Yep, it does. All right. uh, Cozy up, people. We're going to talk about my dad. So um, I played games with him over the weekend, and he's fun to play with because he. <laughs> All right, so I'm playing the crypto with him. And have you played the crypto, Jason, yet? Do I ha- you know anything about it? I
1: have not. I, I know what it is, but yeah, I haven't played it.
0: For those who don't know, it's basically code names, but you both can see the words, kind of, and you're assigning numbers. Like you're trying to figure out a number pattern, but you make your... Clues abstract enough that the other team can't figure out what you're talking about. And so, um, so at any rate, uh like you have four words, and there's this little red film that like only you can see them on your side of the team. And so here are my my brother and my dad's words, and I still have the game set up, so I know the words. They're Plague, Church, Butterfly, and Africa. <laughs> and so they're giving clues to like kind of get this clue figured out. Like, plague is the one word church is the two butterflies, the three, et cetera. And so like the code on the card that they're trying to decode is like, you know, like four, two, one. So they're trying to get someone to figure out synonyms or clues that lead us to understand Africa, church and plague. And then, and then we're listening to their clues. We get open information on their clues because it's like they're broadcasting them. So we're trying to figure out like, what do these words have in common? And then like, once we can figure out if that word has something in common with another word, we can try and like decode their code. Really fun game, actually, and I I didn't know if it was going to be a lot of fun or not. It really is a lot of fun, and I'm not sure if I would have played much Code Names anymore anyway, but I definitely won't with this game around, um, because it feels enough same, but it's more fun. So we're playing, and I'm going to tell you, I wish I had my sheet that my dad actually wrote his words on, and <laughs> Matthew wrote the words on, because Africa started off with, I know the ones for Africa were Chad and Liberia, so we knew it was Africa, like, Right. Just knew it was Africa. And then all of a sudden the next word is Rico. Okay. (laughs) Rico. (laughs) Yeah. And then butterfly was flower. (laughs) What? Wings. Insect. So butterfly, right? (laughs) Right, yeah. But then the next word was fret. (laughs) F-R-E-T. What? And then and then church was like steeple and steeple and pulpit. And then, like, I think it was churn was the next word. <laughs> and then plague had, like, sick, black, um, and, like, pestilence were, like, the words that they had. Okay. And so, like, we have these all pretty well figured out, but the next word for plague was ugly. So my brother is sitting there playing with my dad, and I'm playing with, you know, Buddy Jed, who needs to get a guest spot on this <laughs> show at some point because yeah. he gets mentioned enough. But <laughs> he... uh. He and I have never been beat in this game, by the way, because that's another story. But um anyway, like we were we're really hard to beat this. So my dad thought he would throw us a curveball. And my brother's like looking at these clues, trying to figure out what the heck is he talking about. And then finally, like he goes, he just makes his face and real matter of fact, he goes, uh, we forfeit. We've been cheating. I just found out we've been cheating. You guys win, but we might as well play this out and just see how it goes. <laughs> what my dad was doing was taking like chunks of letters from the words and then adding to them, or like putting words in like reverse order, like so. Butterfly has the word fret in it in reverse, like and just stuff like that. So like the more fun part on it was, like I'm like you, you can't do that. Like you have to use like clues referring to their meaning, not you know like spelling or you know whatever he goes you never said that and my brother goes no he only said it like seven times (laughs) so like my brother (laughs) had my back which felt good but that's a fun little game uh decrypto got a chance to play that and really enjoyed it so yeah
1: yeah we were going to pick that up at origins but i steered katie away from it because i wasn't sure if it'd be cool but i might have to check it out i think my church the guys at my church would dig it so i might have to pick it up
0: well it's pretty cheap too but um bgm con upcoming in the next month i hope We'll check it out. Cool.
1: Alright, another game I played is a cooperative game by the guy who did Elder Sign, Richard Lanius, and this is Planet of the Apes. So essentially what you're doing in this is you are playing through the movie, so you get stranded on the island, or the planet, then you're trying to work your way out of being held captive and fix your ship and all that, and you're trying to just roll dice to complete these encounters. When you roll dice, you're moving your Charlton Heston figure up this track and you're trying to complete all of the scenes before the Statue of Liberty hits zero so I've played it twice and we've lost terribly both times it's really hard but it is pretty fun for a co-op game and this is my kind of co-op game because I like I like co-ops that have luck in them for some reason they're more fun to me so I really like Planet of the Apes
0: And I guess this is a good segue for us to just talk about what's happening over on the YouTube channel. Jason does have a review this one up. Uh, check it out. Um, we're getting at least, I think three or four reviews up a week on our YouTube channel. So for just two guys who work full time putting out stuff and Jason doing 75% of the putting out stuff, probably, um, that's a fair amount of content, I think. So, um, I've picked it up a little bit and Jason's been really steady with having a couple of videos every week at least. So, um, check out our YouTube channel. It kind of started as an afterthought, but I think it's honestly probably as legitimate as this podcast at this point so um check out those reviews over there and you can just find us by looking for board game one word compound word mechanics it's gonna say did you mean board space game mechanics and no you didn't mean that (laughs) so click on the like bottom one and it'll bring you right to (laughs) us so yep um but that's cool um the last game I want to talk about I played was Gizmos, and this was kind of all the hotness at Origins to play and then all the hotness to buy at Gen Con. This one's really cool. Um It's it's one of those games that Cool Mini's putting out that has zero miniatures in it. So I think the fact that they went to CMON as their name is because they're not putting miniatures in a lot of the games. But... um yeah. Like not even a miniature for a first player marker or anything in this one. So um, but a really quality game. Um, I don't know if you know a lot about it, Jason, but it's an engine builder. Reminds me of, of Race for the Galaxy a little bit in that like you're getting more and more processes to fire when you take a specific action. But instead of having to spend your cards out of your hand to make things fire, it has this really cool thing where you draw marbles and then you're trying to get certain colored marbles. It's definitely like half as simple as race for the galaxy. So you could play this with about anybody, but it's a lot of the fun of it. So, um, I don't think there's quite maybe the heavy strategy involved with it that like race for the galaxy has, but it doesn't have all that like learning symbols kind of stuff. It's something that you could learn how to play in five minutes and be playing and really enjoy. So I got to play this one. Thanks to a couple of the riveted out there who had this one. As well as I had a chance to play Welcome To uh, before that because of these same people. So they're way into the hotness and we're all benefiting from it because I'm not buying hot games as much anymore. So um, thanks for them for showing this game to me. But Gizmo is a really cool little game.
1: Yeah, it's good to have some buddies like that. Like my one buddy is super into the hotness and he's coming over tomorrow and we're going to play. So it's nice that I get to play the hotness without having to buy it.
0: (laughs) Well, anyway. Uh, that's what we played, I guess. And what did you play? Go tell us over on, uh, our Facebook page where we love to interact with you guys. And actually there's a subgroup in there where you guys are able to have your conversations pop up and be a real big part of the community, which is the riveted. Um, so if you go to the riveted.com, I think it'll go right to our, our Facebook group. Um, so It's not hard to get in. The password is, I don't know, whatever you wanted to make it. So
1: (laughs) yeah, the password is click join and then
0: (laughs) we'll let you in. (laughs) So Jason, this is a segment where we're going to kind of have, I guess they're not shame games because we have played them. I think the true shame games are the ones that sit on shrink, set in shrink on our shelves. Yeah, But these are our shame games because they're games that came out forever ago. And for whatever reason we didn't get around to playing them maybe they're games that came out before we were really gaming much, but these are games that we've played. I think I' going to call it recently. I don't think there's a specific time frame for when we were exposed to these games, but they're games that have been out for a while and we got to play them and Jason, I think you and I are now what we both would call veteran board gamers, yeah and I'd agree. and I don't know if you know this or not, but if you look at the front page of board game geek and you think it's acceptable, you might be a veteran board gamer. <laughs> If you traded your copy of Settlers of Catan for El Grande, you might be a veteran board gamer.
1: (laughs) I did not do that.
0: If you call it Settlers of Catan, you might be a veteran board gamer.
1: I do that, yes.
0: So anyway, <laughs> hit us up with you might be a veteran board gamer. That's a new hashtag. Like, not that anyone ever uses the hashtags we mentioned in here, but I think that'd be a fun thread. You might be a veteran board gamer. That's not and- true.
1: Mike Picorni used that really long one <laughs> that
0: you said last week. <laughs> Good job, Mike. Proud of you, buddy. Uh. So that's, I mean, if that happens, then we could just make a very good comedy CD (laughs) and fund this podcast with our very good comedy that comes from the group effort of, you might be a veteran board gamer, (laughs) because that's cutting edge Foxworthy comedy there. That is,
1: that's not irrelevant at all.
0: Am I late to the game with that Jeff (laughs) Foxworthy comedy?
1: Just a little, yeah.
0: All right, to quote (laughs) you, I think we beat this into the ground enough. Let's move on. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so Jason, I'll, I'll go ahead and do my, my game first. Uh, my game is actually, I think this one's that like one that like might've made your list if you would have thought of it. So I got a little bazinga on you here. Yep. Thebes came out in 2007 and I just played that for the first time. I want to say in like December or January. Um, so whenever it was like $7 on Amazon is when I first played it. And that's actually a really good little game. I get why people don't like it because you work really hard to randomly draw out of a bag. But I don't think that's like a totally green breaking thing. I don't think it's like a I don't know. I think it's uh I think it's a perfectly good okay mechanism in there. And the luck in a game, like I know that some people are like, I don't want any luck in my game. I want it to be all mitigated. Well, I think some level of luck makes a game kind of fun. So mm-hmm. Thebes is one that you're just doing excavations, you're traveling, you're spending time, you're allocating your time the best you can to try and gather artifacts for museums. Feels a little bit like um Some people loved Indiana Jones movies, but they didn't want to make anything thematic in a board game, so they made as dry of a Euro Indiana Jones game as they could, (laughs)
1: Yeah, and
0: it still had to have some luck in it. So uh, Thebes is my first pick from 2007, so over 10 years old.
1: That's a good pick. Yeah. Had I thought about it, I would have put it on there for sure. I like that game a lot. All right. So the first game I'm going to talk about is classic Uwe Rosenberg. And that is Bonanza. Bonan- Bonanza's from 1997. And I just played it probably for the first time sometime last year. And I've played it so many times since then. And I'm so sad that I'm late to the party on this because this game is a riot every time. It's fun. It doesn't outstay. Over- it's welcome. It's quick. It's easy to teach. It's, it's everything you want in a game. And that's why Bonanza's on my list. Because just... Literally within the last month, I probably played this game 12 times. That's that says something for a 21 year old game.
0: I really like it. Um, I've played it a lot with kids and stuff, and I was late to the game on it too because I played it for the first time like when it was only like 15 years old, not 20 years old. (laughs) So, I mean, like (laughs) it's just amazing. It's that old of a game, and then that mechanism in there of like you can't. Rearrange the cards in your hand, and you have to deal with the stuff you're given. Yeah, like I, I've never seen that in another game. And like usually when a mechanic comes out, that's cool. Like people are like, oh, I'm gonna mix this with miniatures and worker placement. So I mean, like the fact that that mechanism's never really been used too much other places, as far as I can tell, um, is kind of cool. That's true, uh, and it's a yeah. really streamlined process. Pretty cool. The thing I love about this game is if you're if you were like didn't understand the rules to this game you would never be able to make sense of watching other people play because it's like these two cards flip over and someone's like hey if you take that card from me i will also give you like five other cards <laughs> like and that's a fair deal to me like that doesn't make any sense to anybody yeah. ever but that's how the game works <laughs> yep. you know i mean like just cuz you want to keep those sweet sweet bean fields intact <laughs> the other thing too is I used to play this with kids a ton. Then I realized in the art that the chili bean like is smoking a like cigarette or something, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah. chili bean, you're not a role model. I can't, I can't play yeah. this anymore."
1: <laughs> yeah, all the art's really funny. I like it. Yeah, but yeah. the chili bean's also standing in a in a puddle of gasoline too, which is kind of funny.
0: Yeah, I mean, and the other thing too is the art definitely is the part that you're like, "Oh, art and font selection, definitely the best of 1997." <laughs> But that said, the game yeah. still holds up a lot. Yeah,
1: that's true. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny.
0: Well, my number two game, Jason, is from 1983. And I think the reason why I didn't play this game when it came out is because I was a toddler. So <laughs> this is one of the first Spiel winners, though, I think, if I remember right. Uh, and it's Scotland Yard. And so this is a game that I just played for the first time this year as well. I've had a copy I picked up in a thrift shop forever ago. With all the sheets in it and everything like that. And I had played other secret movement games like Fury of Dracula and Letters from Whitechapel. But never this one. And I just picked it up because it was a bargain. I got it for a buck. And so I finally did play this one. After playing the app, I was like, this is a good game. I'm actually going to play it. And it's just a neat game. Just how the movement on the board works. It's the same as those games. But it's like a more streamlined and more focused on... Like the puzzle of where the guy got to. So I think it's really neat. I really like it a lot. Uh, that's Scotland Yard from 1983.
1: It was the fifth Spiel de Jar winner.
0: Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Either you have a really quiet keyboard or you're just like a savant at this stuff. <laughs> Quick, Jason, who won the 13th Spiel? Just make something <laughs> up. It's cool. No one's going to check.
1: Barbara Rosa
0: nice wow i can't believe you knew that off the top of your head
1: (laughs) yeah i have a little buddy on my phone called google (laughs) oh that's Uh, funny yeah i played scotland yard a couple times i'm not a huge fan uh I, i don't really dig those kinds of games i think where everybody's chasing somebody down because it's not fun to be the people chasing the guy it's fun to be the chaser so the other four people are just i feel like you're not having as fun of a time so those games just aren't for me
0: yeah, I, the one that does it the best, it's fun to be the chaser in fury of Dracula, which is coming out from Kids here soon. Right. Um, but, uh, nuns on the run is my favorite one because it's just silly. And like, it's so fun to be the nuns on the run, but to be the head mistress, like it really sucks. But you're <laughs> that's that kind of does it backwards because you're the hidden person who's hunting. So right. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. It's it's so it's a little better, but yeah, it's definitely a lot of fun to. Be on your own in those games, and it's kind of fun to be the team, do the teamwork thing. I think the reason why they might be got so popular back in the day was because it was the closest thing to like a really true cooperative game that they had back then, you know. Because it was like a team of four people versus one person, you know. So, I don't know, but I I was really late to the game with that one, and I it's not a Hall of Fame game; it's a three and a half or three, but I like it. Yeah,
1: I mean, I would play it if somebody wanted to play it, but yeah, I'm not going to seek it out. It's sitting in a closet, not even on my shelf right now, so. Yeah, but it's all I'll,
0: right. But you own it. That's crazy. Yeah, I do own it. Yep. Did, did you find a thrift store copy or did you get like a Hasbro from 2008 version?
1: No, I have a Robbinsburger one. I got it on, it was like five bucks on Amazon one Christmas. And we, oh, bu- yeah? we bought it with like this game called Sleeping Queens and Marrying Mr. Darcy. Just, it was good deals on all of them. So <laughs> we picked it up.
0: And Mary and Mr. Darcy, believe it or not, is the one that has the staying power. So
1: Yeah, I actually do kind of still like that game. which is I do
0: too. <laughs> well, it's got a special part, spot in my heart because it was like one of the first games that like a reviewer was like, Hey, will you do a preview for us? And they sent it to us. And I felt like I was such hot stock to like be able to do a preview for it and have Luke and I on their Kickstarter preview page. Yeah, that's awesome.
1: So, that's cool. It was really
0: fun. But I mean, like, it's still a legitimate game and it's fun to see dudes like us like i'm gonna turn the bass up on my mixer so i sound like burly like you but like guys like us are like i'm getting courted by uh mr darcy and uh
1: (laughs) yeah whenever uh we were playing it like one of my buddies he's into like guns and like shooting and he's like a huge guy but he was always like cussing out mr collins (laughs) (laughs) It was cracking me up, because everybody hates Mr. Collins, because he's so boring. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Uh, Brings out the inner
0: cuss boy in all of us, man. (laughs) Yeah,
1: he's the worst. (laughs) Uh, All right, moving on from Mr. Darcy to uh, another game that is from good old Uncle Vital, and that is Vinos. I was way late to the party on this, but the version I have on here is the 2010 version, because that's originally when it came out, so it's essentially eight years old. And this game is quickly moving up my favorite Vital Acerta game. It, it may be my favorite Vita Acerta game, so it may be dethroning my number one game of all time, which is The Gallerist.
0: Your number one may be your number three Vital Acerta game by the end of the year, which is yeah. crazy.
1: Yeah, that is true, yeah. The more I play the other ones, the more I'm like, man, these are so smooth and so excellent. But yeah, Vinos, you're making wine. It's a big, heavy, economic game. Just... Normal VTAL is her to style, and you're just trying to be the one who gets most points. It plays quickly. That's what I like about it is it flies. I played a two-player game just last weekend, and it took us like 35 minutes. It was awesome.
0: Wow. That's super fast. You, if you call Vinos a filler game, you might be a veteran board game. <laughs>
1: yeah, I would call it. It used to feel really heavy to me, but now the more I play it, I'm like, eh, it might be gateway. We can get some people into this.
0: You play Clue? Come on over. You can play Vinios. <laughs> uh, this game, which is what I would call cripplingly heavy to most people, yeah, it's—I mean, it's—it's it's children's game. It's a HABA game for Jason.
1: Uh, yeah, but still, I mean, it came out in 2010, and I didn't play it till this year. So
0: yeah, no, it definitely fits the criteria. Yeah. And you know what's close, Jason, to fitting that criteria is the other game that's shooting up the list, Kanban. (laughs) Yeah, it is. That's 2014. I mean, like, so we're a little late on that one. I mean, not quite that five-year mark or wherever. It's like, hey, you were slow to get to it. But I think for as much as we both enjoy that game, I think we were both kind of slow getting to it. So, well, it's because it was like
1: unbearably out of print and hard to find forever.
0: Yeah. And I think people thought of it as a grail game until this year then they were like oh it's getting a reprint i don't care about it anymore so i think you and i were able to get copies reasonably so right yeah that's that's how i think we were able to play it um but it's going to be you're going to have a crazy top 100 list so hang on guys we're definitely doing a couple top at least top i don't know i think we should do a top 100 somehow do it live streamed or something but um our top 100 list this year i i'm going to throw this spoiler at you jason's number 1 becomes his number 3 Jason's top three games all Vita Lazerta games. <laughs> it's, so, a,
1: it's a good possibility. It really
0: is. <laughs> that's really fun. Yep. Well, speaking of awesome game designers, uh, this game is the first one by the brands that I think I ever played. And well, no, 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 no. This is the first one by the brands I ever heard of. Definitely the first one I played because I just played it this year. Um, and that is Village. Um, this game is just your standard worker placement game. It doesn't hold up as well as you might hope, it's still certainly a perfectly fine game, but um, it's just a worker placement game. And the thing about it that kind of made it unique back in the day and still kind of makes it unique is that you go through generations of people. And so as your people age, they die, and you bury them in a graveyard. So um, kind of a cool little touch. Makes us all get in touch with our mortal coil as we're playing board games on a Sunday afternoon, enjoying (laughs) each other, realizing that we've only got so many Sundays left till we die. So... (laughs) Uh no village though is a really <laughs> rock solid game and I got it this year in a trade. Um I don't know, I got a really a lopsided trade where I felt really good about getting it. So it was like I traded a bicycle deck for village or something. It felt really good. So um got a chance to play it. My buddy had it and he said, "Ah, it's fine, but I'd rather play Belfort." And I still think I'd probably rather play Belfort. But and I don't know <laughs> why I'm comparing those two games necessarily. I guess they kind of were both like kind of hot games to us at the same time. Um but I think Village is perfectly great. And I am looking forward to getting the expansions next time Amazon closes them out for like a dollar a piece or whatever. So that does happen. So I will keep my eye open for those, but Village is a perfectly great game, perfectly good game. Have you played this one Jason?
1: No, the only brand's game I've played is Rajas of the Ganges.
0: that's a great one too.
1: They're I didn't realize they have so they have like party games, escape games. They're crazy. Yeah.
0: Is it unlock that stairs or escape? Or uh, I
1: think it's exit. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. They're kind of all over the place.
1: Yeah, that's weird. Like you never see other designers do that. Like you don't see Stefan Feld drop a like a code names game or something. <laughs> it's just strange.
0: Yeah, I mean like, Vlad is kind of over the way place too. But like, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. But yeah. I mean like, just because you know, like you mentioned it. But uh, yeah, they're they're definitely a unique board game di- design team, and it's kind of cool. To, like. Like, it reminds me of that old show from Tim and Eric. I don't know if you ever watched it on like a doll swim where like there was this like married news team and they're like, we're the only married news team. And they were just, it was kind of funny. And this is an inside joke that no one gets but me, but I'm enjoying (laughs) it because I always think of them like at home, like they're playtesting a game, they high five each other and they're like, married board game team, high five, (laughs) slap hands. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Maybe they do that. That'd be awesome.
0: Oh, I, they definitely do in my mind, and I'm never going to believe different.
1: <laughs> All right, so speaking of the the sexy Stefan Feld, um, the last game on my list is Notre Dame, and that came out in 2007. And I didn't play that until this year, so I'm way late to the party on that one because that game had some early elements of drafting and kind of area- majority type stuff and i really like it it's one of my favorite failed games not my favorite probably top three top four but yeah notre dame is great and an old game that i'm late to the party on
0: well and like it's definitely the best one for you to put on the actual list because it's age to how awesome it is ratio is definitely the highest right but i think i i think i played bridge with you the first time you played it this year too oh yeah that's, that's another true. awesome one that's true but it's, yeah. it's not i think it's not even 10 years old so yeah, it's like not, yeah yeah yeah, so, yeah, Macau, another really awesome multiplayer one.
1: I would love to play Macau, but that's like $90 on BGG.
0: Yeah, until the 10th anniversary comes out next year, which yeah. I, w- I, it will be there. I'm pretty sure of it. Oh, yeah, so, I'm,
1: I'm picking that up for sure. That game looks amazing.
0: Yeah. Well, let's hit these honorable mentions here, Jason. Man, this show, we got to figure out some way to be goofy here for like 20 minutes. We're going to have a succinct show here. Yeah, I think it's all uh, right. Yeah, Man, right. how are people going to fill their time before lunch break? How are <laughs> how are people going to have ASMR for their dogs to keep them soothed while they're in their crates at, <laughs> while they're at work all day?
1: Well, I think <laughs> the longer we get, the more mediocre we get. So we have to keep up our streak of mediocrity to hit the 55-minute mark.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, let me just do this before we move on <laughs> to our honorable mentions. Who's a good sweetie? You're a good sweetie. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. This is your ASMR segment to keep you calm. Oh, what a big sweetie. That's staying in the show, Jason. I'm leaving that in there. You do you, man. Whatever you want to do. Yep. Uh, All right. So some, some honorable mentions, some games that I'm like, I like them, but I don't like them as much as what's on my list, or they're not near as old. The ratio of old to how awesome they are isn't quite as high. I think all these games I probably like better than Scotland Yard, but they're nowhere near as old. Um, And that is, okay, Jaipur, Hypur, however you say it, uh, the two-player game where you have camels and stuff. Um, That game's really good, and I think I played it for the first time a few years back, but now I finally own a copy and play it regularly. Um, Just a cool little couples game. Chicago Express is from 2009. This is a really good train game. I'm kind of on a train game kick lately. Oh, man, Boxcars. That's one that I should have had on here, too. I played it for the first time when it was 30 years old, probably. But that was four or five years ago. Um, but that's another great train game that's super old. And then Innovation, which has that also cool splaying technique in there. And I played it for the first time in the last year or so. Um, not that I love those games, but I do love Hot Hopper, whatever. But um, the other two are just fine and kind of older, and I didn't play them for a long time. What about you, Jason? What are some stuff that uh, What are some games that you didn't quite make it on the list with, but you thought, "Hey, that's a cool game."
1: Um, I have my favorite fell game on here, or maybe second favorite, The Year of the Dragon. That's from 2007. I didn't. Pl- I played that last year, maybe sometime. So you know, ten years after the fact. Um, Shogun, not like Samurai Swords, but the Durkin Cube Tower game. I just played that this year, actually, and that's from 2006. And I really dig that game, uh, the Hanging Gardens, which is probably one of the most fun old games I've played in a while. Where you're trying, it's like where the table's lava and you can't put cards on the blank table; I have to be touching another card. But that's from 2008. That's fun, and of course, Revolution from 2009. I just that's play, crazy. Yep, I just played that, and that's gonna make my honorable mentions for sure.
0: They're still putting out expansions for it, and it's 10 years old.
1: Yep. And doesn't get any promotion at all.
0: I wonder if, um, like, when you go to the Steve Jackson plant, like, or factory, like, they have, like, it's set up like the Pentagon where each side of the building, like, is one of their wings. And, like, two of the wings actually are Munchkin. And then, like, one other wing is, like, okay. other Ameritrash games. And then, yeah. And then, like, Car Wars. And then, like, on one side is their Eurogames branch. And it's like totally empty, except for Philip DeBerry walking around like, hey guys, (laughs) I made a Euro game.
1: Yeah. (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah. Their Euro games section, which consists of one game.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Guys, can I come to the meeting? No, Euro trash. (laughs) No, play Munchkin. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) oh man no that's a great game but i guess when you look at the front of it you're like yeah i guess i could see that being from 2009 yeah
1: it's well it it could have been from yesterday from steve jackson games who knows
0: (laughs) good point (laughs) so what games did we miss guys uh what out there should should we have have mentioned that is an older game that still holds up or I guess you can't really know what we missed because you don't know what we've played and what we haven't played. But what was something that you put off playing for a long time and why? Um, I'll tell you a game I put off playing for a long time and I I don't think it would qualify for me for this list now. But um Zulkin, I didn't play that forever because I thought it was like a gimmicky like 2012 uh, game. Oh, yeah. Like I was like, oh, what a gimmick. It's a 2012 cash in. Like, how is it so hot? And then it's stupid people love this game so much. And then like, I don't know. I just didn't like the box art. So I held off playing it till like probably 2016 and then I played it and I was like, oh, wow, I, I'm stupid. I should have been playing this for the last four years. So yeah, that's definitely a good game.
1: Yep. It's not a good game. It's a great game. One of the best games.
0: One of the best games. Well, I feel weird that we're done in 45 minutes this week, but I guess it was a good 45 minutes.
1: Yeah. I think we uh, set we accomplished what we set out to accomplish.
0: You know why? Because we're the slim boys of fall. We're on that physical fitness regiment. We're getting more sleek. We're getting faster. We're getting quicker. That's why the shows are getting cranked out in record time.
1: Oh yeah, I'm. I've never been so sexy in my life as I am right
0: now. That's probably true for me. But I was a. <laughs> I was a pretty disgusting young man. So. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> I get better with age, for sure.
1: Like a fine wine.
0: My wife, I look at our wedding pictures, and I'm like, man, she really rolled the dice on that one. <laughs> and it, it came out okay. It's not like aces, but I mean, like, <laughs> boy, I was like Mr. Potato Head, like in a tuxedo. Like, she got very lucky that I ended up developing a chin and jaw structure.
1: <laughs> yeah, I bet, that, I bet if we asked her, she'd say the same thing, too. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, keep encouraging the hot boys of Slender Fall and their 42-minute new format podcasts. So both guys who are listening to the last 10 minutes, thanks for listening and keep gaming. I've been Joel, and with me has been...
1: And I'm Jason. See ya.
0: Our classic abrupt ending.
1: (laughs) It works. I like it. Yep.
0: So it's not really a rivalry if Speedway won't pay attention to (laughs) us, so I think I'm probably done with that.
1: Yeah, that's probably true.